This is this is the big life. Big, big, big life. The show for people who want to live life large. I'm Ray Waters. Becca Cowan is the owner of Boutique Couture Jewelry, better known as Buku. As a young woman, Becca was frustrated with not being able to find the perfect jewelry to complement her style, so she decided to make her own. Her creations were so unique and fashion-forward, people fell in love with them. Over the last several years, she's become one of the premier jewelry designers in the business and has just recently had her creations in Marie Claire magazine. I actually met Becca when she was a teenager, but I've only seen her a couple of times in the last 15 years. Becca Cowan, welcome to The Big Life. Hi, thanks for having me. Oh, I am honored. I've been so excited, but I've been nervous because I don't know anything about jewelry, and I've just been hoping I would be able to ask you questions and really get you to tell us your story. Sure. Uh, Because I met you way back, I guess, when you were in high school, um, I don't know a lot about like, what happened? Did you go to college yes. after high school? I actually used the Hope Scholarship and studied abroad in Australia. Wow. I went to the University of Newcastle. Now, what were you wanting to study there? I just, I found out you could use the scholarship to study abroad. I wanted to go see the world, check it out, went for a semester and ended up staying and transferring and ended up finishing up my degree from there. And what was your degree in? In communications and media production. I remember meeting you at Mickey's studio. Um, I was there to see Mickey Turpin a long time ago, Mm -hmm. and you had just come back from Australia. That was the second time I remember seeing you. So you did the school abroad. Um, When you came back, did you try to get into that business and find it unfulfilling? How did that work? I did. I did a little bit, just like you said, and I'd worked on some films because it was just starting to break out in the film industry here. Um, It just wasn't really what I wanted to do so or I guess I didn't really want to start from the bottom again too um it was a lot of waiting I'm a doer I like to do and it was just a lot of downtime kind of in that industry so so did that lead to you saying I'm gonna be an entrepreneur and have a jewelry company how does that happen well I think more so the college debt And traveling, when I was in Australia, I traveled a lot. I went to a bunch of different countries and everything over there because I said, I don't know if I'm going to be back here. I want to make the most of it. While I'm here, I'm going to travel and just live and see the world. And I'm so thankful I did that. But when I came back, I owed my parents a lot of money. And that's why I started. I just made jewelry for myself. Um... I made a few pair of earrings and I started getting so many people asking about them and complimenting me and wanting them. So my mom was like, why don't you make some extra pairs and you can sell it and pay us back quicker. And so I did and just started, started out with one little box of beads and made a little bit of earrings. And that was the first thing I did. And you're in Marie Claire magazine now. That is crazy. (laughs) Now, did you know as a kid that you had these entrepreneurial instincts? Um, I feel like in a way I did because I still remember in fourth grade we had these separators in the desks and I would rent out my pencils and (laughs) paper and stuff like that. So I don't know. I feel like I always wanted to do something like that, but... That's very cool. Yeah. That's very cool. So you make this jewelry. You're just young, out of college, going to pay off debt. How did you 
did you have a marketing plan? How did people find out no, about you? Not at all. Um, well, I got a job as a nanny, and the mother, she was really cool with the little girl, and I actually would take her to stores. I mean, I found one store, and it ended up being a chain. So lucked out, got into that first store, started getting into the other stores. They kept me pretty busy, and then just kind of word of mouth from there. And you're making all the all the jewelry yourself at this, this time. This time, I was making everything. And everything is Every unique. Every single piece was one of a kind too. Oh my gosh! Oh my <laughs> so gosh! So I would make basically an entire line. What I do now, and each night, and I was all completely unique. Now, sounds like you have workaholic kind of <laughs> instincts. Is that? Am I reading that right? Is that kind of well, the way you're wired? Uh, with this, because I love it, I wouldn't say with every job, but I, once I get in the zone, I don't want to stop and the sun comes up and that's what gets me to stop most of the time. Not all the time. I'm getting better now, but you work all night. I will work all night. I work better at night. So there's mm-hmm. less distractions, less people asking questions, phone what, calls, everything. Do you have, are you totally focused? Do you have other things happening in the background? Or are you totally focused on the piece that you're working on? Um, I'll have music on or the TV on. I always have to have some type of noise in the background. Now, as a, a young lady growing up, were you always drawn to fashion, always drawn mm-hmm. to? So you, you've, you've studied that, been a fan of that your whole life? Yes, yes. Okay. Okay. I was best dressed in high school. Okay, well, that, that, <laughs> I understand that makes it perfectly no, clear No, so now. I've always loved fashion, but, I mean, I never made jewelry or anything before I got out of college. Um, but it does make sense. You had an eye for together. it. You yeah. had an eye for it when mm-hmm. you were 16 years old. You had mm-hmm. an eye for it. So the early days, you're doing everything by yourself, mm-hmm. and you're just selling in the daytime and making it at nighttime. Exactly. I would come or I'd have an appointment maybe at 10 o'clock or noon that day, drive up there, even if it was a couple hours to some places. Show them all the pieces. They'd clean my case out. I'd go home, work till 6 a.m. Oh, my gosh. Wake up four hours later, have another appointment the next day. Hopefully, when I did have appointments, which was good. Now, how did you even know about the selling? Did you have any experience in any kind of retail where you had buyers, anything like that you ever saw? Yeah, when I was younger, um, I worked up at the Mart in a Christmas showroom. Now, so, the Mart, for people not in Atlanta, tell tell them what the Mart is. It, it's called America's Mart in Atlanta, and that's the biggest one of all, I guess, in the U.S. Um, they have them in Vegas and New York, other shows. But it's where retail stores come to get their product for their store, and they buy it wholesale. And so you had the privilege to work there when you were a teenager? Yes. But it was a Christmas, but it's still the same basic same concept. Yeah. So you had buyers and you were you were seeing how the process works mm-hmm. as a kid, never knowing that you're going to very shortly be in that same process. Exactly. Now, do you do your stuff ever through the Mart or is that... Yes. That's, you're now yes. selling now, your thing. Mm-hmm. Where now I create an entire line and usually every couple months bring out new pieces and stores, the retail stores, they go in, place the order, and then I have me and my girls go back and make the orders, Jeez. and then we ship it out. <laughs> it's still all handmade. Now, tell me, time frame, how many years ago are we talking about when you first started selling it yourself? 
Um, when I very first started making it was 2005. Okay, so we're looking. So about we're now 11 years, years mm-hmm. ago, and now you have several people that are making the jewelry. You design mm-hmm. it, and then they make it. Mm-hmm. And so now it's not one of a kinds. It's right, but a lot of pieces still have one of a kind feels to them. I mean, some of the pieces, even like what I have on, it has a mixture of colors. So each one will have a slightly different. So they each seem, and they are, they're, they're unique. They're handmade. We all care when we make them. So that's beautiful. What are, what are the kinds of things that you make your jewelry of? Anything. So you can use anything. Yeah. Anything that's small enough. I mean, one of our biggest sellers is a tiny little harmonica. So. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. That. I remember seeing some of your stuff. Did I see a bullet or something? You... A bullet. I've used bullets a lot. So you can use bullets. You mm-hmm. can use a little harmonica. You can mm-hmm. use stones. Yep. We use some of my precious, precious stones. Precious metals. Oh, wow. Leather, gold, brass, now, anything. Will we see Buku all over the country or is it still regional? It's pretty much getting spread out all over. I've started doing the shows in New York and shows out in Vegas, so... We go out to California. We've sold to over 200 stores now, which is crazy. It's crazy. <laughs> do you, and the selling part, you enjoy that part? That's you and... I do, actually. Um, because I work from home, the studio is out of my home. So that's why I also work a lot and work really late hours. Um, it's nice to get out and get that feedback, too, and know which pieces are selling better which styles then i can focus on making more styles like that for for my retail customers now how about i know a lot of artists who never quite could master the business side maybe maybe master is the wrong word they kind of didn't have the interest there they just wanted to create things did you find yourself with the business side too um yes i wish i could just create right oh you do so that <laughs> yeah, would, that would, would be a perfect just world be able to create yes okay. but i mean i had to figure out the business side of it too so exhausting is that side it exhausting? is exhausting um i feel like i'm figuring a little more out but i do enjoy that i've baby stepped it and figured it out on my own i've definitely asked other people you know advice that's the other thing i was wondering mm-hmm. do you have mentors who have walk the road before you that you you kind of lean on or not really a little bit a little bit all right similar type mentors but no one in the exact same situation but still good enough to help like hey what did you do or what would you do in this situation or how do you think I should handle this you know just dealing with different customers now I'm wondering I know people learn differently um, I have a tendency to buy five books on a subject and just try to read them but I get the feeling that you are a little more lead from your gut kind of. Is that, mm-hmm. is that definitely, it seems like that definitely, and it seems like you trust yourself and it seems like you have been right most of the time. I guess so. <laughs> so you, far, knock on wood. Knock on wood. <laughs> do you look back and do you say, eh, that was a big mistake? Have you had, have you had the big mistake yet where you say, okay, I made a left turn and I should have made a right turn there. Yes, but luckily there haven't been huge mistakes. Right. Um, so that's good. It's just, just a part of life, mm-hmm. I guess, just to get yeah. through it. Well, I had to learn I had to learn the hard way with that one. So next time I'm gonna put this into consideration right. so that doesn't happen again. Very so. cool. Uh what about like the Marie Claire, I, I don't know, 
Did you have other things like that? Have you been in other magazines? Um, yeah, we've been in Lucky Magazine. Um, but the Marie Claire was really cool. Emily Kinney, she played on The Walking Dead. Right. Um, and she has that necklace on. And it was actually her personal necklace, too. So it's not like you pitched anything to no, Marie Claire. No, but they contacted me about it. Yeah. So she says, mm-hmm. I'd, I'd like to wear this necklace if I can. They told her not to take it off, and so, so they, they wanted had, her to wear it, which was really cool, too. That is amazing. Mm-hmm. And I remember seeing the prices. When I saw the picture and I looked <laughs> at the prices of everything, it's like your necklace was the most beautiful of all the pieces, and it was very affordable. Yeah. The clothes she had on were really expensive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which I'd love to get to that point one day, but I'm not there yet. I, I that's a still pr- want to keep, you know, I'd love to have another line where I could actually, there's so many pieces I want to make that are really intricate and really detailed and want to use some high quality materials and stones, but I just don't have that market yet or that time. But that's something I want to look forward into the future though. Now, how do you price, is, is it... M- when you think about who your consumer is for your price, how, do, how does that work? Who are you, who are you targeting? Um, everyone, really, you know. Because you're, you're, everything looks class. I mean, it's like, mm-hmm. I mean, Marie Claire, I know enough to know that is class. Mm-hmm. And yet it's not priced. It's not priced out of anybody's price range, hardly. Right, right. I want everything to be affordable because we have hundreds of different styles. There's so many different styles where a lot of lines... They will have maybe five different designs in different colors, or maybe 10 or 20, but we have hundreds of styles, and it's always changing. Once we run out of materials, we create new lines. So I want you and the customer to have a ton of buku. I want you to have like collection of it, so you don't just have to go buy one of the necklaces. I want people to be able to have many pieces of it. You know what impressed me? I bought some pieces from you a year ago for my wife and um, you know, we are, we're baby boomers and they were so beautiful. She was just blown away. And yet my daughter's in law who are very fashionable and they are uh, young thirties, they loved every piece. And it's like, you can see people wearing it at all different ages. It doesn't matter. Right. My mom's in her 70s, and she wears the same pieces, too. Yeah. So it's for everyone, and men wear it, too. I do make more specifically girl-type jewelry, but I want everybody to be able to wear it. Well, make me a big life something, and let me <laughs> – I'll, I'll buy it. Just make me something big life before you go to that real top price okay. range you're, you're thinking about. <laughs> make sure you do it like that. That's awesome. Sure. Um, this is a beautiful thing to see where you are and to know that you did it all by yourself. I know you, I know mm-hmm. you have wonderful parents and I'm sure they were encouraging, but, uh, mm-hmm. you're quite a story. Thanks. Let me ask you this about celebrities. Do people try to pitch to celebrities to see if they'll wear their stuff or is that just when it happens, it happens. And then you can just capitalize on it by putting the picture on the website. I think you can do both. There are programs that people do that you have to pay money for, and then they guarantee the actors will wear it or different people. But with Emily Kinney, she bought our stuff, and so I saw her wearing it. That's very cool. And I contacted her, 
And she actually came over to the studio one day and got more pieces. So that's wonderful. Yeah, it was really that's cool. That's wonderful. But I want I want more people to wear it. <laughs> now, how how can somebody find Buku if they're just hearing this and they want to find out how beautiful this stuff really is? On our website, it's b o u dash c o u dot com, and we have Instagram, which we update pretty regularly. And how? What's the Instagram? Same it's thing. It's at b o u c o u. Okay, wonderful. Yeah. Now, do you do? I know last year I was fortunate enough to get. I guess it was last year, maybe two mm-hmm. years ago, but I was able to come to one of your Atlanta. Uh, I don't even know what you would call that. Do you yeah. do that often or not? No, that it's our red. holiday sale. We have it once a year. We're doing it again, December seventh, from Great. six to ten. Cool. Yeah. Cool. So if so you're in Atlanta, we'll thing. see it on the website and we'll yeah. be able to come. Okay. Mm-hmm. Very good. Yeah. Very good. Becca, you've been wonderful. I, this is so good, and I was nervous because I didn't know enough about jewelry to know even what to ask. But you've been a wonderful uh, person to talk to. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Would you mind if I ask you a few questions that I ask everybody that sits in the chair just to kind of get your take on it? Sure. First question I want to ask is, my brand is called The Big Life, and I'm just curious what big life means to you when you hear that. Big, to me, what it meant was living, just doing what you want and doing what you dream. Just even when with me going to Australia, I had so many people tell me, I wish I could do that. I wish I could do that. Well, you can do it. You That's are so the main, right. Main you, thing, just do it. Yeah, you know? you're so right. And That's you can have a big, great life. Everyone can. Yeah. Um, just I didn't know what I was doing with jewelry, and I figured out by just doing it. I know that's the whole Nike logo thing, but it's it's as simple as that. I you think know? you nailed it. I think you're yeah. exactly right. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Do you have you? Some people like have quotes that they live by. Do you have any quotes that really stand out to you? Um, I the my favorite quote that I've always had was accentuate the positive, eliminate the negative. I just, I try to say that to myself a lot when negative thoughts come in or doubt, anything like that, or any little setbacks, um, just get it out and just focus on positive. And usually what you think when you're thinking positive, that's what comes to you. So I still have it on as a scribbled little piece of paper that I tried. I keep saying I want to get a good picture of it, but it's still... Got splat. It's in my kitchen yeah. on my fridge. Yeah. That that quote with splatters and everything on it. So <laughs> I think you really live that. That's yeah. wonderful. Yeah. That's wonderful. How about historical? Some people are they like historical things. Some people and eh, not really for them. Anybody from history that you say yeah that resonates with me? I'd like to have known that person. Um, I mean, I guess not anybody really um, specifically, but all women that are that went out and went beyond to do what they wanted to do or prove someone wrong or absolutely anything like that. So yeah, I like that. Yeah. I like that. Um, with you working at night, are you somebody that reads a lot or not really? I, I do listen to books on tape. Okay. That's cool. Mm-hmm. That's very cool. But I haven't had a good book in a while actually. Um, I listen, I try, we try to listen to music, NPR, podcasts, um, TV, change it up a lot, but I don't ever have time to sit and read too much. Yeah. What are you most grateful for right now? 
Um, I've been definitely trying to be grateful for my life that it actually has played out. And I'm at the point, there was a point when I first started where I had to go on food stamps for a minute. I started this jewelry company out of debt. So now I can buy whatever I want. I mean, obviously not everything, but I'm comfortable and I can live and I can wake up without stress now. And it's, it's really nice. And I'm so thankful for my three little dogs. Tell us about your dogs. <laughs> They're the love of my life. Um, I have two pit bulls and a little, she's a Morky Yorkie. She's about four pounds and she rules the roost of the two big boys that are like 70 pounds. And you live in the city, and so you're taking and care of these dogs the and walking them on the sidewalks in the morning and all Which that stuff. Which is perfect, too, because I work from home, the studio's at home, that they get me out, too. So, And they're always there. If you could go back, I know you're not far beyond this, but if you could go back to when you were 20, is there anything you'd whisper in your ear and say, Becca, don't forget this? Yes, to just relax and not worry. It's going to work out. If you want it, whatever you want will happen. So just let it happen when it does. Work hard for it, but relax. And you're doing know. good I, with the relaxing? I'm trying. You're learning. I'm trying. That's amazing. So, I used to be more of a worry, worrier, but... Man. Yeah. Your day will come hopefully 50, 60 years from now, your age. It may be 70 years from now when you actually leave this world. And people gather and they're going to say nice things about you. Have you ever thought, this is our last question, have you ever thought what you would like people to remember about you? Um, I want people to say I made them happy. I like that. Yeah. I want, even if it's, hey, that jewelry that she made made me happy that day. I felt good wearing it. You know what? That is a very, very honorable life to live, to make people happy. That is a great, great thing. Becca, thank you so much for talking with us. Thank you. You've been listening to The Big Life. If you like what you've heard, do us a favor and rate us on iTunes. It really, really helps. You can get more information about this and other episodes of The Big Life at raywaters.com or you can join us on Facebook at facebook.com slash bigliferay or you can follow us on Twitter at Ray D. Waters. I hope you'll join us again next week. The executive producer of The Big Life is Neil Campbell and I'm Ray Waters. Ray Waters.